stand with me as we go into the book of books, the holy writ, the infallible, incorruptible, eternal, immutable, unchangeable, everlasting, sovereign word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. You can't pick the words you want. Every word that proceedeth. Somebody say every word. Every word. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. And then the Gospel of St. Luke chapter 15. Verse 25 through 32. Still in Deuteronomy, you're in the wrong end of the book. <laughs> Have you ever couldn't find the scripture and had to fake it? Uh -huh. I know y'all don't do that. Especially if it's some little book like Micah. Your pages are stuck together. So you're looking at Malachi. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one. It says, therefore having these promises beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now look at what Luke has to say. Luke 15, Let's begin at the 25th verse and read down to verse 32. When you have it, say amen. amen. Let us read together. I may drop out, but you continue. Look at that 29th verse and 30th verse. So he answered and said to his father, Lord, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you kill the fatted calf for him. The Holy Spirit has given me assignment tonight to preach along these lines and I'm going to share this with you and then I'm going to invite you to pray with me. My subject tonight is overcoming silent frustration. overcoming silent frustration. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, release your anointing in this place. I pray that a spirit of ministry would prevail in this house. Wrestle every foul spirit to the floor. Break yokes and chains and deliver your people 
We trust you so much. We don't even have to see you move to praise you. We'll praise you on credit. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Whenever the Lord speaks a word, it is a life-changing, revolutionizing, soul-cleansing, mind-renewing truth that we cannot afford to look at one time and walk away from because if we do that, we will fail to really get the real essence and the effect of the living word. The word of God is so living and so powerful that every time you look at it, you see something you didn't see before. One of the great tragedies of our generation is that we have raised up a generation of Christians who have, as it were, a welfare mentality about the things of God. They basically want somebody to go in the Word and pull the truth out and lay it before them without ever looking into the Word of God themselves. They want to be healed, but they don't want to pray. They want to ask a prophet, is there a word from the Lord? The old folks didn't have as many spiritual celebrities as we do today because Christ was the object of their faith. And when they wanted to be healed, they didn't wait on someone to come, but they would get over in a corner of a little raggedy church and start praying until yokes and strongholds were broken in their heart. And we, we need to get back to that. We need to get back to getting in the Word of God and feeding ourselves and let the pastor come along and confirm the truth that you have been studying. It, it, the Word is so much richer when, when it's confirmation down in your soul. And I think it's dangerous just to allow uh, every revelation to come from the pulpit without some being birthed in your own spirit. When Jesus begins to minister in this particular instance, he ministers a parable, not just a Bible story, not just a Sunday school lesson, not just a class for those who would like to be enriched with some concept or philosophy or theological dissertation, but he speaks to us that we might be able to extract from the story principles for godly living, principles. It's not enough to have the storyline and the continuity of the text if you cannot draw from the knowledge of the text the wisdom of the text. It is actually the wisdom of the text that becomes applicable for your own life. Without the wisdom, you are just full of information, but you have no revelation to apply the information that you have collected. And so when he speaks to us, he speaks to us about a certain man that had two sons. In the 11th verse, he says, and a certain man had two sons. Is that right? I believe that's what he says. He says, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portions of goods that falleth to me. 
Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. So he divided unto them his living. Mm -hmm. One of them asked for it, but both of them got it. That's interesting all by itself. Our problem is we become so preoccupied with the flaws and the failures and the fallacies of the younger son that we fail to appreciate the struggles of the elder son. It is indicative of a spiritual disease that is eating up the mentality of the church because we are so involved in dealing with obvious sins that we never start dealing with the inobvious abstract sins and whereas we are being perfected in regards to habits and things that we used to do we aren't doing anymore there are still a whole generation of sins that are clustered in the crevices of our hearts that go unchecked because nobody deals with sins of the spirit but in 2 Corinthians 7.1, it tells us, in fact, it challenges us saying, having therefore these precious promises. No doubt about it, we do have them. It is given to us by grace. It does not withhold the promise on the basis of our integrity or our spiritual development. The promise has already been allocated. Having, therefore, these precious promises, let us cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. In other words, he's saying, since God is going to give you so much and he has already told you what he's going to do in your life, then the least you could do is to prepare your heart and your life so that you are ready to receive what God has for you. Look at someone and tell them, God has something for me. It is important that you not only communicate that to other people, but you have to keep that vision in front of yourself. David says, I would have fainted had not I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And many, many Christians are fainting today because they fail to rehearse in their ears the fact that God has something for me. I cannot become too preoccupied with where I am. My eye is on where I'm going. These light afflictions, which are but for a moment, work for us a far more exceeding weight in glory. For we look not at the things that are seen, for the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen, they are in fact eternal. In other words, we're getting happy about things that you cannot touch. We're excited about intangible things. We've got an unexplainable dance. We're rejoicing in the face of hell and high water because we have a promise, a promise, a promise, a promise, a promise, a promise, a promise. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation. And I'm purchased of God. I'm born of His Spirit and I'm washed in His blood. I am an heir. I am an heir. I, there is an 
an inheritance. There is something that God is about to release in my life. Something, something, something. to drive to work telling yourself where I am isn't as important as where I'm going. Yeah. Because if you don't keep that burning brightly in your life, you will become distracted by the noise and the cumbersome winds and distractions of adversities, traumas, and enemies will cause you to look to this way and that and you will spend all of your energy trying to deal with something that you're going to pass through anyway. My motto is, if you can't fix it, outlive it. If you just keep on living, it's going to fall off of you after a while. You don't even have to fix everything. Just keep living. Just keep living. Just keep from understanding that you have a promise, a promise. And you begin to cleanse not only the filthiness of the flesh, but the filthiness of your spirit. Stinking thinking, negative attitudes, mentalities that are hindering you from reaching your zenith in the spirit. Every weight, not just the sin, but every weight that does so easily besets you procrastination and low self-esteem, pity parties and mood swings and everything that's hindering you from walking into the full vesture of what God has. God has something for you. He brought you here tonight to tantalize you, to draw you, to pull you in, to awaken you to the reality that many, many, many of the things that you are worrying about are not even important because God is about to explode in your life. He's about to go off in your life. He's about to detonate in your life. He's about to set your life on fire and you're worried about something that don't even matter. Tell somebody, say it don't even matter. It don't even matter. Don't, it don't, 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 it don't even matter. What are, what are you upset about? Who are you mad at? Why are you walking around upset? son and we begin to to see him and we begin to deal with him because he is so easy to to point out his weaknesses many many preachers have attacked him maliciously savagely they've insulted him they've assassinated his character many times they have lied on him they have spread unfounded rumors on him he was not as bad as they say he was. <laughs> no, 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 no. He wasn't as bad. They, they say that he was greedy. And they say the reason that he went to his father and asked him for the portion of goods that followed to him is because he was greedy. But that is a malicious lie. It is a rumor. Somebody ought to be arrested for... for destroying the integrity of this text.
that they would say something so unfounded about him. This is not a rags to riches story of some poor, impoverished, broke down, depleted, destroyed, emasculated young man who comes up to his father and says, give me the portion of good so that I might upgrade my standard of living. This is in fact a young man who is used to being a part of the upper echelon of his community. He is used to dressing like a prince. He is used to having fine robes and fatted calves and rings and gold and silver. He was raised up in a house full of servants. He didn't have to ask his father for anything to live a life of splendor and wealth and power. It couldn't have been greed because he already had anything. That, oh, y'all not going to help me tonight. Whoever said he was greedy, they just lied on him. Have you ever had somebody just lie on you? Just, just, just stand back and look at you and just make an assumptions about you. Just, just think they know who you really are. Just, just try to figure you out and just put their hands on their hips and start talking like they know you and they don't even know you at all. Wasn't what was wrong with him? He could not become any richer than he already was. He wasn't after wealth. No. No, that's a lie. <laughs> this young man was after control. He said, I know I've got it. I'm exposed to it, but I want control of it. Put it up under my power. Give me my portion so I can do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. He, he was thirsty to get control of his life. He thought he knew better than his father what ought to be done. He said, give it to me so I can spend it the way I want to spend it without having accountability and having to live up under your rules and give it to me so I can, I can go and do my own thing when, when, when I want to do it because I have more respect for my opinion than I do your opinion and I want to do it my way. I'm a Burger King baby. I want to have it my way. That was the problem with this boy. Yes, 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 yes. But, but I, I came to defend him. I'm tired of people talking about him. Now, I know, I know it doesn't look good on him, but the church always has a habit to, to pick on people who have filthiness of the flesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In any time, it's a problem that we can see because we love things that we can readily see with our eye. We don't have any trouble talking about somebody who's got a weakness in an area we can see. And I know I'm not excusing him. I'm, I'm not trying to excuse him. I'm not trying to get him apart. And I recognize that he had some problems. He, he did. He, he, he got a hold to the wealth and he couldn't handle it. He, he spent it. He spent all of his he spent all of his substance, uh, which I believe is more than money. He spent his integrity and his self-esteem and his affluence. He, he, he spent his poise. He spent his dignity. He, he spent his masculinity. He spent his integrity. He spent the stuff that makes you walk with your head up and your back straight. He spent his stuff was just going to a basement. He was going down to nothing. He was being reduced down to his lowest common denominator. And I know that he did all of 
that and I understand that when he had spent all there arose a famine in the land but that wasn't anything but conditions picking on him because the enemy knows that he cannot send a famine when you got food he waits till you're broke busted and disgusted and when you're at your low moment that's when he starts showing off that's that's when your kids start acting crazy that's when you get the layoff notice that's when your family starts acting silly when you're at a low moment when it, because the devil knows that as long as you're in the house he can't do nothing to you he can't do nothing with you as long as you praise God and blessing God and lifting him up he can't do nothing with you as long as you're clapping your hands and rejoicing he waits till you're broke busted and disgusted tired and defeated and at the end of your road and when you spend all he attacks you he attacks you he attacks you oh but touch three people and tell them stay in the house stay 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 in the house all you got to do is stay in the house stay stay in the house you might not feel good but stay in the house you might be lonely but stay in the house may not have no husband but stay in the house may not even have a boyfriend but stay 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 Shake hands with somebody and tell them I'm going to stay in the house. They hurt my feelings, but I'm going to stay in the house. They're lying on me, but I'm going to stay in the house. I got a problem, but I'm going to stay in the house. My children are on drugs, but I'm going to stay in the stay in the house. And he went and attached himself, I know, he went and attached himself to a citizen of that country, somebody that he shouldn't have taken up with, and sometimes you can tell who we are by who we run with, and he attached himself to a citizen of that country and they sent him in the field to feed swine. I understand that and I'm, I am embarrassed about that and I apologize for that and he shouldn't have done it. But I like him. I came to defend him. I came to defend him because he is a man of action. The same thing that made him very bad also makes him very good. He was a man of action. He was not the kind of man who sat back and looked at what he wanted and didn't go after it. Whether it was good or bad, if he wanted it, he went after it. That's why, rather than to keep trying to recycle some of these old church folks, I'd rather get some old rock gut sinner that we pulled up out of the sewer. Because when they get saved, they go after God with a passion. Uh, while you sitting up fixing your hat and doing your nails and trying to look cute for the camera, they'll lay prostrate in the floor and start crying in the Holy Ghost because they're so glad to be in the number. They're just as high on Jesus as they was on crack. Uh, they're just so glad that God brought them out. They don't care who's looking at them. They didn't care who was looking at them when they was drunk. Uh, and surely to God, they don't care who's looking at them. Now, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise, his praise, praise, praise. Look at somebody and say, I don't care what you think. So when he wanted a portion of goods, 
He asked for it. Walk right up and say, give me my stuff. I like him. He would make a move. He would make a decision. I like him. He went after it. He wasn't afraid to use what he had. A lot of times we have things, but we'll never spend it. Everything we got, we'll never spend it. We'll never make a decision. We'll never use. We'll never invest. We'll never impart. I like him. He wasn't stingy. He would share what he had with other people. I know some of y'all live better than he do, but you stingy. You can't take nobody. You won't even get nobody a ride to church. You so holy, but you're stingy. I like him. Somebody tell him at least I'm not stingy. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. If I got some good, I'll share it with somebody else. I'm not afraid to spend some of my stuff. If I got something that I know it's working, I'll tell somebody. I am not stingy. I like it. I like it. Oh, yes. <laughs> I like him. Ain't nothing no worse than a stingy preacher. Oh, stingy deacon sitting up with their legs crossed, don't never give a dime to nobody. Stingy church mother, the nailers got your nose on squared up glasses down, about to fall off your big nose and won't support anything. Oh, let me tell you, it's a spirit, it's a spirit, it's a spirit, it's a spirit, and it's got to come out. It's got to come out. You'll never get your blessing until it comes out. Turn it out. At least he wasn't stingy. <laughs> and when there was a famine in the land, he went and attached himself to a citizen. When everything went down, he got a job. Look at somebody and say, get a job. I'll be walking around speaking in tongues, get a job. Come out of your trance and get a job. He said, baby, this ain't working. I'm going to work. I'm out of money. I'm going to make something happen. I like him. He wasn't afraid of change. I'm tired of church folk that won't change. You still sitting in the same spot you was 50 years ago. That's your chair. That's your seat. That's your pillar. That's your car. Oh, we need change, 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 change. God needs somebody who can move. He needs somebody that will change. Look at somebody say, it's time for change. God wants to do something in your life. You got to change, baby. You got to change. We ain't going to do it like we used to do it. We change and we change and we change. We singing a new song now. We ain't even dancing to that old beat. You're going to have to pick up your feet, baby. We're doing something else now. Change. I like him. When he got in the mud, he fought himself out. He didn't wait on anybody to evangelize him out. 
He didn't wait on anybody to pray him out. He didn't wait on anybody to throw their coat on him or blow in his ear, pat him on the head with some more. But he started thinking down in himself and said, wait a minute, I'm better than this. Oh, you don't need nobody to lose your baby. You can lose yourself. I dare you to get in your mind, I'm better than this. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm getting out of here. your neighbor tell him I'm getting out of here don't you expect me to stay in that same old rut I was in last year it's a new year and I'm taking a new step I'm getting out of this hog pen baby I got mud on me but I'm coming out my hair's a mess but I'm coming out I don't have on the right clothes but I'm coming out Somebody take a step for Jesus. This mealy-mouthed. Weak-lifted. Indecisive. Procrastinating. Self-righteous. Hypocritical. Brother. Oh, I know he doesn't have any filthiness of the flesh. He's got a filthy spirit. Oh, I'm coming after him tonight. A filthy spirit. There he is sitting in the house, wanting everything that the other brother did, but wouldn't make a move. The Bible said the younger brother went to his father and asked him for the portion of goods that fell to him. And the father divided unto them his living. Now this elder brother has something that he hasn't asked for. A problem with him. He's nice and he's neat. And he's all dressed up. And his hair is combed. And he understands church protocol and church order. He knows who to honor and who to recognize. He knows who the top 10 preachers are. He knows who's on the top 10 of the gospel chart. He knows everything about social services. He knows everything about church service. He knows everything about everything. But my problem with him, he's too quiet. He's just a little too He's a dreamer, but he's not a mover. 
He's a wannabe, but he doesn't know how to make it happen. He wishes he could, but he doesn't. And he walks through life silent. Silent. Going through the motions. He didn't leave when the younger brother left. He stayed at home. He's been in the church alone. It's just that he doesn't do anything while he's there. No accomplishment, no results, going through the motions, working in the house, form of godliness, no power, no power. He doesn't even speak. Through the bulk of the story, he doesn't have enough faith to ask for his goods or enough grace to say thank you when he gets them. He's numb. He's placid. He's weak. He's mundane. And he doesn't say anything until his brother gets blessed again. He can't stand to see his brother blessed. He's got a filthy spirit. He's got a jealous attitude. He's mad because God is merciful. He's upset because God would raise up somebody he knew something about. Oh, he doesn't have filthy flesh, but maybe you don't know anybody like that. I'm sorry, but there are some people who got a filthy spirit. And the moment you start to get blessed, now they got a problem. The prodigal son comes home, gets his ring, gets his robe, gets his calf, and throws a party. Ain't no kind of party like the party that goes on in somebody's life who knows they had no right to be blessed. They know they don't deserve to be blessed. They're not sitting back trying to argue over who's going to be the president of the willing to work and the willing to get up out of the bed and the willing to go on committee. They're just glad to be saved. They don't care who sits on the right side or who sits on the left side. They're just glad to be a child. You ain't seen nobody dance till you see somebody dance who knows they should have been dead and gone, could have lost their mind, could have been struck out on AIDS, could have OD'd in the street, could have died in the car wreck, could have been in jail, but God, who is rich in mercy, look beyond.
Touch your neighbor, tell him he's talking about me now. He's talking, he's talking, he's talking, he's talking about me, he's talking about me. be in the number. Glad that I'm in church. Glad I'm not looking for the dope man tonight. Glad I'm not cruising down the street. Glad I'm not in the emergency room. I'm just glad. I'm just glad. your neighbor behind you and tell me, excuse me, but I'm throwing a party. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing a party tonight. My row is having a party. Come on over to my house. Come, 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 not glad. Have you ever got blessed and couldn't find anybody that was glad for you? Have you ever, maybe it's not you, but have you ever got a blessing or got a miracle and wanted to pick up the phone and tell somebody but you thought? when you can't find nobody that's glad for you, nobody that's going to celebrate you, don't cancel the party because you ain't got no attendance. Throw your own party. Bake your own cake. Light you up some candles. Put your head on it. Blow your whistle. And say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will retire. party anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. I invited some folks and they didn't come, but I'm having the party anyway. I see you rolling your eyes, baby, but I'm having the party anyway. I know you've been talking about me, girl, but I'm having the party anyway. Raising my children by myself, but I'm going to have this party anyway. Oh, yes, I am, devil. I've been through too much. I ain't canceling no party. I cried for this party. I prayed for this party. I crawled. I'm not disturbed and frustrated. He was angry. He was bitter. He was upset. He felt violated by other people's success. He said, all of these years I served you. I labored for you. I did whatever you wanted me to do. 
whenever you wanted me to do it. I worked when you said work. I supported you. And nothing happened. What do you do when living right don't work? What, 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 what do you do when you know you've cleaned up your act but things get worse and to the better? What do you do when you've paid your tithes and you gave your offerings and nothing seems to happen? And you see God blessing people that you know were living down in the gutter and in the mud. I came to preach about silence. Frustration. Frustration that has no lips. Tears that will not cry. A scream that will not be heard. It is silent. Frustration. I minister to hurting people all the time. I deal with people who've had nervous breakdowns and become despondent and non-communicative. They're generally nice, nice people who always do everything for everybody else. They're always there. They're always faithful. They're always kind. They're always submissive. They're always pleasant. They pass the coffee. They bake the bread. They do everything they're supposed to do. But down on the inside, they are an inferno What is it that makes a man who's been faithful and married for years walk out with the trash and never come back? The wife is shocked and the children are shocked and the community is shaken. He was so nice. But beneath his smile and his working overtime and undertime and buying gifts for Christmas, way down deep in the cellar of his spirit, he was dealing with that will not fall. 
or muffle an inaudible scream or comfort an unexpressed depression. I'm wondering, does anybody in here know what it is to have silent frustration? It will hide in the best of us. People who think they know you don't know you at all. that beneath your smile and your professionalism you have been asking God how long when are you going to bless me I see you blessing everybody else I see you raising this one I see you raising that one I see you raising this one and that one and that one. but Lord when 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 maybe you don't know but I'm talking about silent frustration. I'm talking about getting tired in the middle of the fight. Getting tired of smiling and grinning wondering secretly God are you listening at me I'm in church and I'm waiting and I'm wondering when I've been praying I've encouraged other people they walked away encouraged. I went home discouraged. I've given my courage away and I am left with silent frustration. I, I can't let anybody know that I'm tired. cannot express that the faithful one has gotten weary. They expect me to always be a bulwark of strength. They call me whenever they get in trouble. The whole family is looking to me, but they do not know that down inside I am tired and I have silence. Lift your hands and worship God. Something's going to happen in here tonight. Talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. Open your mouth to him. Open your mouth to him. Open your mouth. I'm coming where you are. Open your mouth to him. Open your mouth to God. Open your mouth to him. Open up your mouth to God. Open your mouth to him. Open, open, open your mouth. You've been quiet too long. Open your mouth. 
It's making you sick. It's getting on your nerves. It's making you moody. You kick the dog. You slap the cat. Silence! been a good wife, been a good pastor, been a good member, been a good person, been a good son. I don't understand living right don't seem to be working. I know I'm not supposed to say it, God, but I am confused. I, he says, I have been with you. Yet you never killed a fatted calf for me. What am I missing, God? Where am I missing it? I've danced all over the church and went home depressed. I've given, I've prayed, I've labored, I've told, I've laid before you. I am confused. They said, name it and claim it. They said, praise you and it's done. They said, worship you and it's over. I danced out of my shoes. I broke my heel and I still went home. I was abused in my house. I was tormented. I was rejected. I was ostracized. I was criticized. And I'm standing here trying to be faithful. I'm trying to do what you told me to do. But I can't figure out why is this not working. I'm tired. I'm at the end of my road. I can't even get anybody to talk to. I've got to act like it's all right. But I'm tired. And I'm in. I'm empty, I'm empty, I'm empty, I'm empty. Silent! Frustration. Silent. Silent. Frustration. What am I doing wrong? And then the father comes out where he was. His whole life has turned around. He was in the house. The younger brother was outside of the house. 
Now the one who was on the outside is on the inside. And the one who was on the inside was on the... Isn't it funny how things change? They've completely substituted. They've changed places. And the father comes where he is. Thank you, Lord, for coming where I am. Not where I pretend to be. Not where I'm supposed to be. Not where they expect me to be. But thank you, Lord, for coming where I am. You know where I am. You know. You know where I am. You know. You know where I am. I can't talk to anybody. I can't tell anybody. But Lord, you know where. He came where he was. I feel the Holy Ghost. He came. He came when I couldn't get to him. He came where I was. I couldn't pray out of it. I couldn't dance out of it. But bless God, he... Son, you've been with me all of these years. Your problem is not with your performance. You've been here. You've done what you were supposed to do. But your problem is in this one thing. You have failed to understand that all that I have is thine. Hold it. Wait a minute. Listen. You could have been blessed long time ago while you were going through form and fashion you failed to have faith and to recognize that it is not enough to perform as if you were on stage but woman if you believe on me as the scriptures have said then out of your belly so flow rivers of living. Shake hands with somebody and tell them something's about to happen in your life. You've been feeling it. You've been knowing it down in your spirit. You didn't know when. You didn't know how. Something just kept telling you something is about to happen. Something is about to happen. Don't die. Don't quit. Don't collapse. Don't faint. Don't cave in. Don't lose. Don't break. Don't go back. Something. God kept you alive for a reason. God kept you around for a purpose. Something is about. of what God said to Cain. You remember when Cain was upset over Abel's sacrifice? And Cain was wrong because God had blessed his brother. And God was confused by his reaction and asked a question. He says, Cain, why hast thy countenance fallen? If thou doest not well, Will I not receive you? You know what God was telling Cain? I am no respecter of persons. 
but I am a respecter of principles. If you do what he did, you can have what he got. Touch your neighbor and say, ain't no need in you being jealous of me. If you do what I did, you can get what I got. <laughs> Come on and give him some praise in here. I feel something. I feel something about to break. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel something breaking. I feel something breaking. God will bless you. Ain't no need of you talking about me. God will bless you. Ain't no need of you sitting up getting bitter and losing your joy, losing your anointing, losing your peace. God will bless you. Ain't no need of you getting in no spiritual rut. This ain't no time to die. This is time to live. God said, I'll bless, da, 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 I'll bless you. Here we go. 